Hey everyone, I know you've heard me speak about microdosing and how much I love it. And I'm talking about microdosing THC. I love it. And that's why I love our sponsor, microdose.com. Microdose gummies are incredible. They deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And when I mean just the right amount of good, I mean in so many situations, anxiety, sleep, focus, pain, relaxation. There are so many different strains and they're really helpful. And I have recommended microdose.com to so many people. And you know what they say to me? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't be afraid of microdosing. Go to microdose.com and you'll learn all about microdosing THC. These gummies feel amazing. They taste amazing. I have used them to get me into the zone I need to write. I've used them at night after a stressful day or a stressful show to relax. I have also said to family members, please take a gummy right now. And they've said, oh, good idea. So check it out. Check it out because they're fantastic. And I'm not like a big weed person. I mean, I used to be. And I do enjoy, I do enjoy weed every now and then, but I love, I love these gummies and I take them with me everywhere. So check it out. Don't be afraid. They're all natural. They're fantastic. And you deserve it. So what are you going to do? You're going to do something that is fantastic. You're going to get 30% off your first order. 30% off. That's a lot. Plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Use promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. It's available nationwide. They deliver it to your door. That is microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold for 30% off and free shipping. Do it. Go to microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold. You deserve it. You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. Let's bring her out. The star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Ms. Judy Gold. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Kill Me Now. I just want to say a few things before we begin. First of all, I know we post video, and I just want everyone to know that I, on Cyber Monday, Jewish, bought a Logitech camera, and I bought new boats. I, like, I didn't go crazy, but I was like, you know what? I've always wanted these things. I buy all this shit for my kids. I never buy anything for myself. They have better headphones than I do. They fucking lose them. Fuck it. I need noise-canceling headphones. My neighbors are fucking loud. So I'm wearing new headphones. If you, if you guys see any video clip, my new Bose 700. I got it uh, on sale for Cyber Monday. And I got my new Logitech. And... I'm a guy, and that's what makes me happy, okay? So I'm just saying to all the trans people who are now pissed off at me, you know, I'm part guy. I'm fluid. And I have fluid coming out of me because I'm, I had a baby. Anyway, today's guest. Now, I know I don't always have – would you be a millennial, Hannah? I am. Yeah. I don't always have millennials on because I'm old, 
And I feel like millennials have a lot of life experience, but I think our next guest does have a little more life experience than your average millennial. And plus, I like to hear people's stories. In her 28 years, which I was, we were just talking before uh, Hannah and I, that's her first name, that's my middle name, <laughs> were started recording. We were just talking and she, and I, she said she likes my apartment, which, uh, and I, I moved into this apartment before Hannah was even a fucking thought in her parents' head three years before, probably four years before, because the mother had to be pregnant. And then I realized at the same time, I was a year younger than her when I moved into this apartment, maybe two years younger than her when I moved into this apartment. So I feel like I am talking to someone who is in the business like I am, but I'm talking to like a version of me when I was starting out. Our guest today has her own podcast and it is called Don't Tell Mom, which I enjoy. She has done a lot of writing and she's gotten into the business in a very not usual way. And she started this uh, Snapchat show, which was brilliant idea that I didn't think of because I fucking don't even know how to use Snapchat. And she has a, a Snapchat show, uh, which th- they're five minutes long, right? These little. Yeah. Five minute episodes. And well, yeah. Get Money about being a gig worker. and. She was featured in Forbes under 30 because she's under 30 <laughs> and I'm over 30. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Thank you. Banana, banana. <laughs> so Hannah, how are you? I'm great. I've been in my apartment alone for like four days. So I feel like a little crazy. No, Hannah. I know that's what happens. And I remember when I was your age, I- I'm going to do a lot of when I was your age shit. So you're going to have to deal with it. I had already been making my money just from performing by the, you know, and we didn't have internet. We didn't have internet. We didn't have computers. We had nothing. And I often talk about being on the road without any of this shit and how fucking lonely it was. And I used to just, I remember those days where I would sit in the apartment all day long. I'd practice the piano or you know, you have to, it's so, people don't understand, especially in this fucking pandemic, we already have to create our lives. And now we have to create our lives without any sort of aid. Usually you can go outside or you can go do a set or you can go to a theater show and get some inspiration or you can go to the library or you can go, you know, whatever. Yeah. We can't fucking do it because of that orange piece of shit. But so I, I went out yesterday for the first time in two days. It's like you could literally, because nothing's open in New York, you can literally sit in your apartment and never leave. Yeah, that's how, where did you go when you went, when you left? Okay, ready for this? This is a good one. <laughs> so for Giving Tuesday, and this is something you should learn from me, give back. You have to give back. You have to do charity shows. Don't ever, you know, I'm just saying, it's good karma, but it's also, so I said, I called bingo for the Jewish community center. Uh, oh. This is the Jew bell. So they were doing a giving Tuesday thing and I was calling bingo and I was, and I haven't been to the gym because I'm a COVID afraid. I'm over 50. Carol Zabar. Do you know Carol Zabar? Do you know Zabar's? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So they own Zabar. So she's like 20 years older than me, late seventies. And 
she's been they have if they clean the J. You like you sign up for a slot to go to the workout. Yeah. And they only allow 11 people in. You have to sign up. They clean they every two hours they come in and deep clean everything. And I was talking to the rabbi who um, runs the place. It's a woman and she's liberal. And it's not like what you think of a rabbi because you're not Jewish. But blah, blah, blah. but um, and she was like, come in. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to the fucking J. So I went to the J. I signed up for a slot online. Then they take your temperature. Then I realized I left my favorite water bottle in the fucking lift that I took. And the fucking guy couldn't speak English, but he is a fucking app. But anyway, not that I care if anyone speaks English. You know, you got to apologize for everything now. Yeah. Well, but uh. I called him. Yeah, I called him back and he came and the guy in the car who we had picked up, worst driver ever. I can't even tell you. I wanted to throw up the entire time. He's like, he was on, I was on speaker. He's like, just go around the block and I will have him drop it off at the And I was standing outside. So I got my water bottle back, but I told the guy to enjoy his ride. And I was discombobulated from being in my household for those days. Like, like, oh, wait, you know how, like, you haven't done something in so long and you're like, yeah. oh, something you did every fucking day, yeah. you know? And then you go out, you're like, oh, wait, what did I take to, what did I used to take to the gym and how did I feel like that about even taking my medication in the morning. I'll be like, did I take it today or did I take it yesterday? Oh, I've had to start so like turning it over because I'm like, I, what day is it? <laughs> To that's you're too young for that. But can I ask you a question? What kind of pill box do you have? No, I just keep uh, them all the bottles. Yeah, so that would be a generational thing because well, I know, you know I keep I, the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I keep thinking about getting one, but I just I don't know. I I lose shit oh, all the time. You have to. You have to get. There are so many good Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sundays. Then they have individual packet ones. But my grandmother. She used to take meds. And I remember in those days, this is in the 60s and the 70s. Um, you know, my grandmother was born in 1896, but she, they had a pill, beautiful pill boxes that you would open up and your pills would be there for the night. I want to get one for Elisa. Don't tell her for Hanukkah. Anyway, Hannah Banana, you are a comedian. You are a writer. You are a producer. You came upon performing. You came through the back door, even though you always wanted to be a performer, correct? Yeah. I, I started uh, interning when I was in college at USC. And I was like right. working at development companies and trying to, I was like, I just didn't think it was possible to be a performer, you know, because I grew up in Virginia. Right. I was like, this is not going to happen. You can't, it doesn't work that way. Like, how do you become right. successful doing this? And I had had people go out from my high school to move out to LA to be actors and within really? a year, they were back home. Did you, so you grew up in Virginia. Let's start at the very beginning. What part of Virginia? Fairfax. Virginia. Fairfax, Virginia. So you're close to the city. Yeah. You know, you're, yeah. You're not like in shit land. And look, I grew up in New Jersey, 27 miles from New York. And it was like, you're in another fucking world. Okay. You grew up in Virginia, but you would spend a lot of time in New Orleans. How come you spent a lot of time in New Orleans? Oh, no, my parents, I grew up, um, before I lived, moved to Virginia when I was in second grade, I lived in New Orleans. Oh, you did? Since my son goes to Tulane. He plays basketball for Tulane. Oh, cool. My friend's in med school yeah. there, too, right now. I mean, no, it's just a cool, I love that school. Party. It's so great, and I love Nola. Yeah, I know, but he can't because he's on the team. All right, so you grew up in Virginia. 
What did your parents do? My dad worked for the chamber. That's why. So he worked for the chamber of commerce and then he got laid off during the recession. And then they started a disaster cleanup company. So they did like fire damage, water damage, crime scene cleanup. That was smart. Yeah. Well, my dad was out of work for three years and he was like, I don't know. He was, he was. How old were you? I was in ninth grade. Oh, that's so awful. Yeah. So, and your parents stayed married, right? Yeah. And now they're siblings. I have an older brother. What does he do? He owns a franchise now and he's opening a funeral home. I like that. They're all like entrepreneurial. Yeah. I can't with the funeral home. So you grow up normal house, normal up until ninth grade. Everything's normal. I would say it's normal. Yeah, I think so. The cul-de-sac. Right. One parent working. Right. It's so traditional. Lindsey Graham, who said that women should be in traditional families because he's a fucking (laughs) queer and you can't fucking come out of the All right. Anyway, so normal. And you go to school. Are you popular? Of course not. No, I do comedy. Who's cool right, and goes good. into comedy? There, you know what? It's so interesting you say that because that is so true. But there have been comedians that I have interviewed that were like, yeah, I had a good time in, in school. I was like, what? Are um, they funny though? Yes. Well, okay. good writers, you know, quirky, <laughs> but not like, you know, there's people like me and, and I'm only saying it because I've, I've been doing it for so long, where you know it's just and raw shit you know like and then there's comedians of my generation who are great joke writers you know and they talk like you know what I mean yeah these guys that are just like and then they end up being you know showrunners and making billions of dollars and I'm like so (laughs) yeah so normal childhood and then do do you have sports any sports I couldn't find anything I do a lot of research I couldn't find any shit about you growing up anywhere I did that on purpose right (laughs) I I was on dance team so I was like captain my dance team I did newspaper okay those girls were popular no they were not I'm telling you I wasn't asked to prom I wasn't asked to homecoming I didn't go to the theater and the guy I really liked was like not attractive and he didn't want to date me because I wasn't popular. So he'd only like secretly yeah. like me. It really messed up my, it's crazy. Right. I was, I've been home at the beginning of the pandemic and I was telling my mom, I'm so depressed. And I was like, I think it's because I'm back in high school mode where I'm like. The, well, you home. go back there and you have sense memory. Yeah. You know, and you, you know, like, it's so true. I mean, my parents are dead. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> but whenever I'm with my like my siblings, right? I, and you know, I'm they're in their sixties, and I'm in my fifties. You resort back to those, you know, um, roles that you play. Like my brother's gonna, he's gonna call the shots and boss me around. My sister's gonna be like, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. And you know, it's just gonna be the normal. And it's always like I'm the youngest, and you're the youngest, but you're youngest of two. It's always like every fucking thing I say, it's like, all right, yeah, okay. All right, yeah, whatever you say. Like, still. No, that's, I, I got in a fight with my brother. Not a fight, but we got in this, you know, a riff. Because my brother does the same thing. I was staying at his house, and I was, I cleaned the wine glasses. I cleaned the salad bowl. And I didn't notice, but someone had dropped off something in the front door, like packages. And so I'm leaving to get in an Uber, and he had just come home with his girlfriend, who's my friend from college. And he turns to her and he goes, I told you she wouldn't pick up the pills from the front door. I told you she wouldn't. Yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. I cleaned Don't the you house. Want to punch him. Oh, I was pissed, and I was like, "Stop yeah. saying this."
Hey everyone, did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the United States with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? And I'm one of them. You're listening to one of them. Fast Growing Trees has everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and your space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever, forever. I just want you to know that I just got off a plane and I walked in my apartment. What was the first thing I did is I came in and said hi to Avi, my fig tree. I'm telling you, and I have Yael, which is another plant, but Fast Growing Trees has changed my atmosphere here in my apartment. You don't need a lot of space, but they do have, you know, they have stuff for outdoor spaces. But I live in an apartment, and I'm telling you, Avi and Yael, yes, they're both Jewish names, Hebrew, the space looks so much better. And I just had a conversation with Avi. Like, I was like, I missed you. I love having living things here. It's very, very, I don't know, it's made this more of a home. It's the best. And Elisa has some too. And she loves them. And she talks to them too. But she got that from me. Anyway, check out Fast Growing Trees. You need to be around plant life. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code Judy Gold, J U D Y G O L D, at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code Judy Gold at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code Judy Gold. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome. You have this normal childhood. Your father loses his job. Do you feel all the stress in the house? Like, oh my God, my father was... In in the cisgender world, a man, father, husband who loses his job, who's supporting a family, I mean, that then it changes you. You see a, you know, a someone defeated, sort of. Yeah, but my dad, like growing up, this is so, I don't think you can say this anymore, but growing up, my friends would always call my dad Metro. That's not an okay word anymore. And I know that, but I don't know the pro. He would do my hair. He painted my nails. He made dinner. Like, my Oh, you can't said, say that word anymore? I don't know. Someone said, Hannah, you can't say that word. And I was like, okay, oh, I don't know. Oh my God, I can't anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's, I was like, I don't know the right word. He's effeminate, but not, you know, he likes to paint my nails do, and he liked making dinners. So my mom went back to work. She worked at monster.com selling oh, ads. Good. And okay. my dad would make me so these gourmet lunches. Yeah. But it did. Your father, but, do you think, you think he's a little gay? I don't think he's gay. I just think he's, uh, he likes fashion. I don't know. But you know what? I love that. My father was not, he wasn't ever sitting in, like I never saw him in a, without a shirt on or a tank, but, and watching a football game. He was like, gardening and yeah so yeah I, I love those renaissance men okay so okay so you see that that your father I love that that you have like these role models that are not you know abiding by specific gender roles yeah you think that helped you I think so it also it towards the end because he was out of work for three years I think he started to get a little 
me and him used to play Grand Theft Auto every day when I get home from school for like two hours. Oh, so my mom right. got home. That's so then he'd be like, right. go tell your mom. Right. I think that's when my dad started to get back into weed. He would probably be mad if I'm saying this, but my dad's really into weed. Oh my God. This is so not the way. <laughs> Do you feel because your father was smoking weed around you? What do you, what is your relationship with weed? Do you have like just a. I didn't smoke. Well, my mom treats weed like heroin, but so I didn't smoke weed till I went to USC in California and my friend, sophomore year, my friends were like, you've never smoked weed. I didn't smoke. I was scared. But you knew your father was smoking it. At the time I I knew my dad was acting different, but I didn't know it was weed at the time. But now looking back, I'm like, it's weed. And now my dad's open about smoking weed. So I knew it was weed. So your mother is anti-druggy. Like she thinks weed is like the word. Yeah, I know. That's how we grew up. Like we would watch videos of like, if you smoke pot, you are going to be, you know, laying in a gutter in the Bowery. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. how. And so I was so scared of it. And now, even now, I took an edible when I was home and my mom, like, freaked out. And I was like, I'm 28. Like, you can't be. And it's yeah, also know. an and edible given to me by my dad. So <laughs> Right. And also edibles are really good, mom. So <laughs> yeah, you, exactly. um, did you get good grades? I mean, were you? Yeah, I was like a straight A student. So I was, uh, I graduated with like a 4.3. Yeah, I was a very, I was a very good student, but that's all I cared about. I was like, I have to right. get straight A's. because that's I didn't... good. Yeah. Any Jews in your school? I went to two, I went to a bar mitzvah and a bat mitzvah. Yeah. And that's when I thought all Jewish people were rich. Oh, let's get into this, shall we? Well, well I need to kill me now and all Jews are rich. So not because they were wealthy, right? Yeah. And the parties and I asked, I went home the first time I went to one. I was like, can I have one of those? My mom was like, no. So this works, but it was so fun. It was like a, it was my, it was like a prom in when you were like, right. 10. it's exactly. I know. And as I've said before on this program, my mother wouldn't let us have those because it was about the religious that, you know, and I was like, really? Uh, I'm already unpopular. So you go to these, Bar, one bar, one bot. And do you come home and say to your parents, Earl, you say you want one, but did, do you think all, I mean, did they dispel that myth that all Jews are rich? I, I just was like, uh, I think I just said I want to do them. And I was like, no. And I was like, oh, I think I just said the her last name was Learner. I was like, are the learners really rich? And my mom was like, I don't know them. I don't know if they're wealthy. And I And then I went to my friend's, who I grew up with and he had a pool and our parents were really good friends. And they were like, yeah, the Costas are very wealthy. And, um, so I didn't really say are all Jewish people rich. I just kind of had that assumption. You made, you deduced that. Okay. And then I went to USC and all Jewish kids were rich there. So I was like, Oh, every Jewish person is rich. I want to convert. So you, when you were in high school and living in Virginia, you would make your mother drive you to New York city to go on auditions. Is that correct? I actually, she loved it. My mom was a very big stage mom, but yeah, we would go on the weekends and I, or even I would take days off of school and go audition for like NYU films. And how old were you? I started that in sixth grade and then I did it. Yeah. Until I was like, I think by junior year of high school, when I was taking all these AP classes, I was like, this is too much. And I haven't landed one audition in six years. I'm done with this shit. Right. And that's when Uh, I was like, I don't want to be an actor. So. Um, you did audition for Hannah Montana. Is that correct? I did. I still have the script. <laughs> you do? It's still the How best audition I've ever had. Uh, I think sixth grade, seventh grade, maybe. Did you go far? 
No, I didn't make it that far. No, I think I made it a two rounds. Did you, uh, when Hannah Montana came on, were you like fuck her, fuck Miley, fuck her? Or well, it was the you... friend. It was the friend that I auditioned for. And, oh, okay. And word got it. That was the one cool thing about me. Word got around in school that I had auditioned for, and everyone was like, "Did you audition for Hannah Montana?" I was like, "Yeah, I did." And so that that got me like two months of coolness. Oh, and, that's great. And I and so I did. Stupid. I know it's so dumb, but it was that one that moment where I was I was like, "Oh, it'd be really cool to be famous." And I think that's what I was like, oh, that'd be so fun to be famous. And now right. I think I'm like, that sounds like a nightmare. But um, right. now that I've had four YouTube comments, I'm like, I never want to be famous. Uh, yeah, they're just awful. People are awful. So you end up going to USC. Did you, what, where else did you apply? Did you do well on your SATs? Horrible. I'm a bad test taker. Me too. I cannot fucking take. It's awful. I. I sit there for 45 minutes over one question because there's some truth in the, in the, you know, each answer. It's like awful, but you had a four point, whatever. So where, where did you apply to college? Uh, USC, UVA, uh, JMU, like a lot of Virginia schools. Okay. And then USC, because my friend had gone out and she knew I liked film stuff and she was like, you should apply the film school. So I'd never been, I was like, okay, I'll just apply. And then I got waitlisted at UVA for a week. And then I had gotten in, it was crazy. Like if I had gotten into UVA first, I would have gone there. But because they waitlisted right. me, I committed to USC and I went out there. And then are you glad? I'm so happy. I'm so right. happy. Because um, you would have been like a sorority hunty, you know, at UVA, don't you think? Yeah, but I also joined a sorority at USC. But I did drop out. Oh, whatever. Okay, good. Little, Which sorority uh, were you in? Alpha Phi. What, who was in that? Any Jews? Uh, there were some Jewish girls. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was kind of like a. They we were known as the party sluts. So it was kind of my. Oh, shocking. Okay, so <laughs> so you go to LA. You move. You total change. And when you're 19, you you reply to a casting call for Playboy. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah. I well. Yeah. Yes. It, it is. Yeah. Correct. So you go to some house. You think you're going to the Playboy Mansion, right? Correct. And you go to some house and it, there's like 40 girls and 10 Persian guys. And it's like a sex trafficking operation. Is that correct? Yes, that is that is absolutely correct. <laughs> I was involved That's... in a sex trafficking operation. <laughs> is that true? I mean, I left. Me and my friend, literally, we jumped. So we they called it the mansion. And the guy had a Playboy signature. And I looked him up and it said he was a casting director for on LinkedIn or whatever, but I don't know how he faked this. So you but, went, you went for, you thought you were auditioning for something or getting a job or a part. We thought we were going to be waitresses at the mansion at a club, at oh, the, okay. a part at the mansion. But I didn't know that okay. the club was in Beverly. I didn't know his house was in Beverly Hills. Right. I thought it was in the Valley. So right. this is before Uber and Lyft. I take a taxi right. there. We take a taxi right. there. And we get there and it's all these underage girls and they have one girl has like poop on her butt because she was wearing lingerie. Oh God. It okay. was, yeah, I know. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was very scary. There's Smirnoff bottles. There's drugs in baggies. And I'm, I'm getting, my friend is freaking out. She's like, Hannah, where the fuck are, have you taken me? And I was like, I'm so sorry. So then they were going to bring us to a different house. We get in these limos and we go to Wait. a- 
they they picked a certain amount of girls to go to a different house or yeah. all the girls? Oh, no, all the girls. But it was still okay. weird. It was still. Right. And they were trying to get us to do the drugs. And my friend and I were like, no, thank you. No, thank you. So we get to the other house. Say no, thank you. No, thank <laughs> Hi, do this Coke and take this roofie. No, thank you. No, thank you so much. But yeah, go ahead. Because I was trying not to make him angry. You know, I was like, thank you so much. Maybe in a little, you know, just I'm not ready yet. Did you, and how the other girls were underage? They're, I don't know exactly how old they are. Because there were also girls who I was like, are you like 45? Like it was like, because I was 19 at the time. And I was like, some girls look 12 and some women look like in their 40s. So it was very hard to tell. Right, right. and then they asked was to take Dylan a- Maxwell <laughs> They or were Jeffrey not as pretty Epstein? as her. Yeah. The guys weren't as hot as Jeffrey Epstein, honestly. Oh. I know. Okay. <laughs> I know so, me too. So you get in the limo and your friend is freaking out My and friend- you're no thank youing the drugs. <laughs> yeah. And this guy has his arm wrapped around me and he has like a silk shirt on, a gray silk shirt on, and there are sweat marks right under his boobs or under his armpits and he has his and arm around me. Hip- Oh, I can't. Okay, go ahead. And I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to make him angry. He, yeah, yeah. of course. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. And we get out to the second house. My friend was like, we have to make a run for it. Like we have to get out of here. And I was like, you're right. But we're on the highway in upper Hollywood. So I'm like, so we're running down this hallway in heels and like these negligee dresses. So we're just running. And then we hop into a bush and I, when we're far enough away, Unintended. Go ahead. I didn't have a bush that night because I got waxed for this occasion. And oh, so God, okay. it was sad. It was sad. And um, I call my friend and I'm like, please come pick us up. But for some reason, of course, it's fucking LA. On a Saturday night, there's traffic. So it takes her an hour there's, and a half yeah. to get to us. And she picks so, us up and she's laughing you, so hard. She's and like, you're you just standing on the street with your. In your law, in your negligee, whatever you're wearing, you're just standing there waiting for her to pick you you up. Yeah. Where did you think they were taking you to when you got back in the car? They said another mansion. For what? For just I don't know. Okay. To do more drugs? Fucking guys. Okay. Yeah, it was scary. It was very scary. Is that was that the first time you were like, oh my god? I, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Fame. Did you ever see the movie Fame? I've fallen asleep to it, but yes, I've seen half of it. You know, I know that movie. I know, but it's like you know when Irene Cara goes on the audition, and he and he tells her to disrobe, and you know, just that it's like it takes. Do you think that took away your innocence, or do you think you were just like? Just Honestly, I think my freshman year of college at USC took away my innocence, and at that, oh, I had also been an intern, and I made out with a director my freshman year or no sophomore. What? this was before that because this was a summer after sophomore year this playboy thing happened and sophomore year I, I was an intern and I went to Where'd a Christmas work I worked at Chelsea lately yes I knew that okay um oh is that that's where you interned because you interned at other places too yeah right? mm-hmm. so you're at Chelsea lately the Christmas party yeah the yeah and um it I, we realized at the Christmas party that they didn't have security at this nice hotel because it was the, um, some hotel in Santa Monica that was really nice. So I invited a couple more of my friends that would just come on by. It's open bar. We're getting trashed. We're 19. And I don't want to throw her under the bus because she had no idea this was going on. Chelsea didn't. But um, 
the director of her show, who now I don't think works in show business, was like, come back to my hotel room with the opener of the, the crowd warm-up guy. And all me and my other Who's friend- Who's the crowd warm-up guy? I forget his name. Okay, go ahead. Um, he, I don't think he does comedy anymore. And we go back to the room because he's like, oh, I have weed. And we're like, okay. So he's like, if you want to come with me to see Chelsea, you have to spend the night with me. And I was like, no. I, I was like, no, I'm not doing that. Like, oh I'm my God. How old is this guy? Probably like early 40s, late 30s. Oh, my God. What the fuck? <laughs> Go and so I'm like, no. And then he gets pissed off and he grabs me and he kisses me. Like without you even. And I was like, oh. Hashtag me too. I know. My friends say, they're like, what the fuck? The warm-up guy has passed out in the bed at this point. So this guy leaves pissed off. So you're in the room. You're in, you go up to the room. Oh yeah. We're in the bedroom at this point. And we have. So he says it, you have to stay with me while you're in the room. Okay. Yeah. And then he leaves to go to the other after party that's in another room. And leaves you in the room. With my friend and the guy who's passed out. And my friend was like, fuck these guys. Like they just, that was so inappropriate. My friend who was with me, she's like, we're going to draw dicks all over this guy. So right. we take Sharpies and draw dicks all over the warm-up guy. But he was nice, right? Or no? He was like creepy too. They were both okay. just so creepy. So he, it was so inappropriate. To penises. Okay. So and that then was I, a hashtag me too. Yeah. It, but at the yeah. time, you don't, you know, what's happening. You're like. Is this inappropriate? I did go up to the hotel room. You know, it's like, I didn't know how to say no. Always. The other thing is like, people don't realize in the hashtag me too thing. Like, first of all, you're 19 and he knows that or 18 or whatever, how old, you know? So he knows that he knows what he's doing. So he's the director. He's more powerful than you. And also like the thing when, when the me too thing came out and they were talking about comedians going up to the, to the room, it's like, that's where we live. That's our home. Like whenever comedians are on the road, that's their home. I mean, this is a different circumstance, but that's where we gather. That's, you know, so yeah. when people get mad at, oh, you shouldn't have gone up. It's like, you shouldn't have to think everyone's a fucking asshole. Too, you know? Yeah. And also he said, he framed it like an after party. So when it was just the four of us, it started, we started to get uncomfortable. But again, it's my first internship. He's more, oh. I don't want to be rude. And, um, and I was 19 and, but it's interesting because my first writing job in New York, the director of that started texting me. He got my number off the call sheet. I was like, can I take you to Hamilton? And I was like, that's inappropriate. And he kept trying to hang out with me. And I lied and said, I had a show and he shows up to the venue. I had a show and he texts me and he said, there's no show here tonight. Why did you lie to me? And I was like, this guy is, and he said that he was because you're, and he said he wanted to put me in a movie. And Rick was like, have him call me. Wait, what What job was this at Comedy Central? No, it was for Comedy Knockout that got canceled. I don't even remember what the guy's name was who did it. Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud. The new web hosting plan from Bluehost, with 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support 
meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Okay, let's go back to Chelsea. Sorry. Okay. Um, no, you're. I love this shit because um, I don't know what it's like to be a young girl, and you know. Okay, I never went on that show. I wanted to go on that show so bad. I thought, oh, I'd be perfect, but I don't, someone told me she doesn't like me. I was like, why? Uh, and uh, yeah okay my old boss and I are still very close and um she was her wardrobe assistant and I feel like at the time Chelsea didn't like anyone really that's what we're gonna get into right now folks we're gonna gossip a little (laughs) on kill me now okay so you were working in the wardrobe department actually right yeah and you would steal all her clothes at the end of the I wouldn't she that's the thing about Chelsea is like I never really interacted with her but every season which LA doesn't even have seasons she would just give away her clothes and I was 19 and at the time so I was like very small and was the same size as her and she yeah me too (laughs) (laughs) yeah but she gave me all her clothes so I would either wear them or and they were really nice designers or sell them at Crossroads or Buffalo Exchange but I wasn't getting paid for my internship so I would make like thousands of dollars from her clothes and she just didn't care at all. So you would just sell them. That's so smart. Okay. You say that Chelsea didn't like to talk to people. Is that? Yeah. She just didn't really interact. Like every time I interact. With the staff? Yeah. With, uh, she had her, like, I think she talked to certain people, but like one time she came in the room and she's like, I need this. And I was like, okay. And you know, she just didn't like to, she wasn't a personal, she wasn't very friendly. She's at the helm of the show, right? I always say that, you know, the fish smells from the head. So it's like, I've worked on shows and the the star or stars of the show really are the ones who set the mood. Don't yeah. you think? No, totally. And honestly, I learned that like doing my Snapchat show, even though it was of course smaller and the production team was smaller, I was like trying to make sure everyone had fun and like, tried to, you know, you know, you thank everyone and like talk to everyone because, you know, we filmed it in two weeks, 12 hour days. And if it's no one wants to be there, it like sucks, you know? Right. And it's like, you're all in the, so you weren't, I, you learned a valuable lesson from working with her. Yeah. And it's funny when I would go home, I'd be like, yeah, she's kind of rude. My dad would be like, this is something you need to learn from. Like, don't right. be rude to people because right. that, that no one wants to work for someone who's rude. Well, unless they're making a lot of money. Like, I mean, so she's really successful and, and, you know, there's other people and I'm not just pointing her out, but that are, you know, successful and you people want jobs and they need it. So it's like so much night easier. I think it's easier to be nice. I mean, I'm always, it's like, it's more fun. Yeah. To, to be nice to people. And it's like, you realize when you work on a show, you're, it's like being in like amp with someone or being in a bunker, whatever. You're so close. You're with each other all the time for long hours. And it's like, yeah, I know that thing, that stuff pisses me off. So did you feel uncomfortable around her? I was just nervous, you know? And, and so a little, but looking back, I'm like, 
how I I feel kind of you I feel kind of I don't feel bad for her of course but I'm like how miserable are you that you walk into a room and you don't want to speak to someone you're like just do this right. for me it's like what's going on in your head that can't be fun to be like do yeah. this I, and not look them in the I, eye you must have shit going on up there that you don't want anyone to know about right well it's good that you realize it's not about you so I mean that takes took me I don't know how many years in therapy but. But it's also like, you know, she is under a lot of pressure. I mean, you can say there's guys that do this and everyone's like, oh, they're very, you know, just, blah, blah, blah. but you know, a woman does it. It's like, she's a bitch, but whatever. I hate, I, I, yeah, I, I know that feeling of being on a set and it's like, you're just so tense all the fucking time. Yeah. It's just, it's, and it's not, and also are we in comedy to, cause it's fun. Like right. if it's not fun, then what the fuck you could just go be Did funny. Did anyone have fun or, or was it? I don't really, I mean, my boss and I, my boss was amazing and she was so right. fun and we right. didn't hang out with Chelsea. We didn't see her that much. So right. I loved working there. Cause she was like, right, yeah, right. We, she made cocktails during the day. It was like really oh, fun. So, but that was a different, you know, we were in wardrobe and we weren't around her. Right. If you ever, anyone who's listening, if you ever want to know the gossip on a show, you go to wardrobe or hair and makeup. Yeah. F Y N I. Um, okay. So after you did that, you, what, what you got another internship, is that correct? Or. Yeah. I worked at Broadway video, which does like SNL. They did Portlandia. Yeah. And how I did, did you get these internships? USC just had a really good job board. You fucking made the right decision. Yeah, no, definitely. I worked at funnier diet too. And Okay. So you get, you, you get a new internship each year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was cool. It was, it was very, cause I thought I wanted to work in development, but after I interned for them, I was like, no, I will never work in development. All right. Let's talk about development people. Cause I've pitched, you know, 8,000 shows in my lifetime. No one ever puts anything up. What do you think the key is? Like, first of all, have you been in development meetings? I guess. Yes. Taking notes. And do they, okay. And when the person who's pitching leaves the room, what is the worst thing you heard a development person say? I feel like they're just like, they don't, I, I feel like they wouldn't say anything around me. They were just kind of wow. like, okay. And then, or they'd be like, I mean, that was great, but we'll never, we're never going to make that. Right. But they, 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 the person leaves thinking, oh, they, they really like yeah. it. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, yeah. Half the time, it's not even about the idea. It's about who the person is. So it's like, right. if they have a lot of heat or whatever, everyone wants to show, even if it's a dog shit idea. Right. So it's like, oh yeah, so this you, is a gr- great idea for a show, but it's going to cost too much money or like, they're not famous enough or like, how can we do this? Did you, were you ever, um, privy to someone coming in, having a great idea and them saying, we want that idea, but we want someone else and sort of doing a bait and switch? Well, actually, uh, I'm with a production team right now because they I, we had a live show do with a, it's like a therapy thing with whatever. And we have a production company that's like we we're working with, but they're like, we don't want you to be the host. We want someone more famous. But as someone who's been in these development meetings and like right. know that, I'm like, I don't, I'm not that, I'm not famous. So I would rather make money selling a show and have right, a famous right, right. person do See, it. See, that's so, smart. I, um, I don't mind that. But you thought up the show, correct? Yeah. Okay, just take the money and fucking, I, I, if I could go back and yeah. 
Um, it's, yeah, I just always take the money. <laughs> right. So you then, uh, so you graduate, right? Yeah. Um, did you do well? Did you do well? No, I failed ceramics. Oh God. I don't know how you're going to make it. I don't know how you're, how you can sleep at night. I didn't graduate Real? originally. I had to petition to get my degree. What? Cause you failed ceramics. So I didn't get the credits and they were like, you can't graduate. And I had like a three, four and the person, I don't even know the head of whatever was laughing. And they're like, how'd you fail this? How is this the class you failed? I was like, cause my, I don't know. I didn't really go that much. I suck. Okay. I suck. Yeah, Have you seen I'm, ghost? My, yeah, literally. Uh, Okay, so then you decide you want you want to be a performer and you take groundlings a groundlings class. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and improv. Mm-hmm. I was Polly Shore's assistant. We're gonna stop for a minute because we're gonna be <laughs> talking about Polly Shore. <laughs> Wait, you were Polly Shore's assistant, like in his life. How did you get that job? And R.I.P. Mitzi Shore. I I miss you. You Mitzi was so good to me. So good to me. And Polly was always so like mean to me. All right. So can you tell me how you got that job working for Polly Shore? Well, it was interesting. I actually saw it on a job board for USC and I went in to interview at the comedy store because that's where his office was. But right. it was un- unpaid. And I was like, eh, I already like, I'm not doing this. I graduated. Like I need a job. And then I was doing a show, a bringer show at the comedy store. And Polly didn't, I didn't even meet with Polly. I met with his assistant and I just said, no, thank you. And Polly comes back and behind, he like came backstage and everyone's like, he's probably gonna have tried to have sex with you. And then he didn't at all. And I was a little offended because I was like, tried to have sex with everyone. What's didn't. wrong with me? Yeah. But he said, um, he was like, you know, I, I think you're really, it was really nice. He's like, I think you're really, I can tell you're new, but I think you have a lot of potential and I think you should keep doing it. And I was like, that's so crazy. I actually just came to your office to interview. And he was like, oh, come tomorrow. You can start tomorrow. And I was like, uh, well, I need money. So then he like fired his assistant and I became his assistant. And it was for, a, for money. Yeah, for money. And um, wait, why did he, fi- did you know the assistant he fired? His assistant was trying to leave. Oh, okay. That's good. Okay. And he didn't really so, want to do comedy. So it was just like, he was like, let's just, okay, just come. I think I did a two week trial and I was better than his assistant because his assistant didn't care. Right. And he was like, wait, you can send emails. Like I was slightly competent. So he was like, all right, I'm going to like have you be my assistant. So he paid you and, and had you known, you'd known Paul Chor from growing up, right? No, I didn't know who, I didn't watch his movies. Really? Yeah. Did you watch a lot of comedy when you were growing up? I watched a lot of Daniel Tosh was like the only thing I really watched. I know, I know, I know. It's bad. I didn't want to do, I'm like Molly Shannon. I want to be an improv person. Oh, I love her. Yeah, I love her. So you start working for Pauly Shore. What the fuck is that like? It's weird. His girlfriend was my age which was mm-hmm. weird, but I really liked it when she was there because she was so sweet. And it was a little offensive because she wasn't threatened by me at all. You know, she was just like, she just was like, oh, like she wasn't, I was like, I'm going on the road with, because he would take me on the road and I would host. Okay. So that's I, sort of how you got into the standup. Well, I was doing standup, but that's when I realized like, oh, you have to go on the road. Oh, you have to oh, be able to, you can't just make jokes about LA and like how, I, he's right. like, you just called yourself fat in Boise. He goes, look at the audience. Are you fat here? Right. You're not. 
He's like, yeah, you're fat in LA. But he was just like so honest and blunt. Right. And sometimes he was a little off. I'd be like, but I also knew that. I'd be like, all right, Polly, this is okay. All right. Um, You don't spell tomorrow with an A, but okay. Uh, (laughs) And, but he was like, as, as far as bosses go, like he did try to help me as much as he could. You know? So he was like a mentor a little bit. Yeah, but I don't like to say Polly Shore is my mentor because everyone's like, what? right? No, I know. But so you learned a lot from him. Totally. Um, and he does, he's seen so much. He grew up watching comedy. So, like, like even though his stand up isn't whatever, say what you will, he's right. seen enough comedy where he fucking knows what he's talking about. Thank you so much for listening to part one of Kill Me Now with Hannah Dickinson. If you like the show, I don't even know why I say that every week. Since you like the show, because if you didn't, you would turn it off, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. It helps more people find this amazing podcast. Five stars only. Okay. It's uh, it's Hanukkah. Christmas is coming up next week. If you have not purchased my book, yes, I can say that. When they come for the comedians, we are all in trouble. You're, you're an idiot because it's a great gift. It's a great gift. It's a stocking stuffer. It's the audio book is amazing. And that was featured in the New York Times new and noteworthy. Yeah. Go anywhere you buy books, seriously, and just do it. Just do it. Just go. There's links on my homepage of judygold.com, wherever you buy books, support your local bookstore. It's a, it's I'm telling you, please, I need the money. No, I'm just, I don't get any money. But anyway, here's here's a review. I just looked up, I looked up a review on Amazon. Some of them are not that nice. Anyway, BB writes, this was a fun and interesting read. It was refreshing to get Judy's perspective. And whether or not you agree with the points made in the book, you'll learn a lot. You'll laugh a lot. And hopefully think a lot. That's all I want from you people. Learn, laugh, and think. So please go get my book. Anyway, that's it. It would mean a lot to me. And I I wish you all happy holidays. Happy everything. 2021, baby. Coming soon at a theater near you. Also, make sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram for everything I'm doing. Because I guess I'm going to be doing some stuff in person. But there's a lot of virtual stuff I do as well. And um, and I have some funny uh, things to say on the uh, Twitter and the Instagram. So um, check me out at Judy Gold, J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D. That's at Judy Gold, <laughs> like Jew Gold. And um, as we always say, so long. Don't forget to tune in next week to Just Kill Me Now. Um, or, it's Just Kill Me. Oh. Don't forget to turn uh, for part two on Just Kill Me. No, it's not. It's <laughs> just, just Kill Me. Now. No, Judy Gold's Just Kill Me. Just Kill Me Now. Just Kill Me Now. <laughs>